Hello everyone, this is your favorite life coach, Lamont Wheeler. I'm the host of Conversation with the Real One. I have one line, I have on the line is the world famous poetry spoken word artist, Kyla. How are you today? I'm singing there, how about yourself? Oh man, I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. So how is your day going? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm a spoken word artist uh, and a writer. I've written for a few publications freelance. I've written for The Root and Huffington Post and BET for freelance. Uh, but most people know me from a viral poem called White Privilege. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Now, I want to ask you, how does it feel to be like the... Um I think you was like um, you've been to the uh, finalists on the largest uh, regional poetry slam um, in the country like four times. Five times. Oh, five times! Wow, that is awesome. That is awesome. So um, I see you have done like um, spoken words for over like uh, 200 colleges in like um, in like 40 different states. Wow. Wow. So what are you currently working? You work you currently working on any projects now? Uh I have a video that's being released. I filmed back in May and just working on the editing version, but it's actually like a a video treatment for a poem. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So let's ask you, how long have you like um how long have you been doing spoken word? Uh, I'd say for about 10 years. Oh, for about 10 years? Mm-hmm. Okay, so who was, like, your inspiration? What inspired you to, like, do spoken word? I wouldn't necessarily say I had any inspiration. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, I was writing poetry at 10 years old, so. Oh, that's awesome. Really, yeah, I mean, it was just something I just liked to write. I didn't really have a a certain person that I was modeling that after. Right. Wanted to write. Oh, wow. Wow, that's awesome. So you just stuck, you just stuck with it, you know? Like, what, like, was that like a way, was that like a way to escape where you just like to go to yourself when like when you're going through things, it, it feel better like once you express and get it off your chest, like do you, um, is there like is it more like therapy think, for you? Think, yeah, I think poetry in itself is cathartic because what poetry really is is you want to uh, you know, poetry is nothing but validation and you want to express yourself and in hopes that you'll be understood by people. Right. Wow. Wow, that's, that's that's awesome. Yeah, and I understand you are author too. So do you have you have like some books out too as well? I have a book. It's like a tongue-in-cheek approach to to patriarchy. It's called Hickory Dickory Dot. I do not want your cock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. <laughs> um, I'm in the works on another book. I was this full-length poetry book. So I'm in the works for that. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. That is awesome. 
That is awesome. So let me ask you a, a personal question. Um, so what what is your best spoken word poem that you have done? The one, like, what is your favorite? Uh, what was your favorite poem? I know one of my favorites. My favorite is um, I don't owe you shit, and I like the breakup. So that's one of my favorites. <laughs> but I know you have more. I had to check more of them out. But so far, those are my two favorites. Um, some of my favorites haven't necessarily been published. Um, I have one called Unfertility, which didn't age very well because uh, people take it the wrong way. Uh, But that's one of my favorites. Um, I would say my poem about domestic violence is one of my favorites. I like the way it was written as well as it was a, a good release for me. Uh-huh. I would say, as this poem where I talk about black boys being hunted, that I really, really like, but that hasn't been published. I'm kind of thinking about getting that to, uh, it might be on another project, a bigger project mm-hmm. than what I'm working on, but I haven't really released any of that. And then, uh, a poem that I compare like the respectability politics that white people you know throw to black people but also how black men do that those same things to, to black women so those are kind of my favorite mm. wow wow that's awesome I definitely have to uh, check that out wow so, like, when you write a poem, does it, um, like, how long do it take you to write? Like, do it come to you, and or do it take you a few days, or you could, like, just cite it, recite it, like, within, like, the same day and get it finalized? Um, I mean, different poems all have different time periods. Some take months to write some. Uh-huh. Like, I don't think it took about two hours to write, and it was pretty easy to memorize, at least initially. Uh, but then, you know, the breakup took a few months to write. White privilege took it took a minute to to write that and perfect it and edit it right. to what I wanted it to be. So it just depends. Some poems literally take months. Some take hours. It's no real, no mm. real, you know, set rate. But what I do is. I honor the poem and the length of time that it takes. I don't ever feel like I I need to rush a poem. Right. A poem has to be finished. Um, you know, if, it, if it's not supposed to be finished, it doesn't get finished. Right. You know, not every poem is for everybody else's eyes. So if I don't feel like the poem is ready, I won't present it, but I appreciate the process of... I regret that, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so... It just totally depends. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. And um, let me ask you this, because you're you're a creative person yourself. You're a creative writer. Now I ask every creative person this. Like, I ask them, do it seems like every creative uh, person, like genius, like minds, like yourself. It seems like we all have like a certain niche that we do, right? Like for me, I'm gonna throw myself under the bus, all right? For me, example, like. If I'm like if I had writer's block or something, I'll walk around with one sock. <laughs> so I have one sock one on. Sock. 
Yeah, that's my thing. So if I had writer's block, I'll have one sock on. And that just goes to show you that my mind's just like cluttered, you know? And um, it seems like everybody have their little niche that they do. You have a little niche that you do when you like have writer's block or you have like a something that's on your mind that you want to get off like a like a poem you want to write but you so busy with other stuff and you can't get it and it starts to like mess with you and you just like you just have like a little niche that you do until you like it is something to just hold you over or just remind you that you're not complete until you like release this off your chest you have anything no okay you're good <laughs> i don't i don't i don't have writer's block i don't i don't never co-sign to like the concept of writer's block I just say poem isn't finished and then I come back later but if I say that I have writer's block then I'll have writer's block oh so, okay I don't have... right, yeah, well. I don't saying that I have writer's block doesn't yeah, yeah it doesn't do to me so okay so it's all like a mental thing mm-hmm all right, I'm going to have to work on that one, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, that's cool. So um, so what, what is your, you have any inspirational um, advice to give, like, uh, the youth, like, some people that's trying to, like, um, become a spoken word artist or someone that's trying to pursue their, their dreams, like, within the lane that you left, like, trying to, like, do spoken words a different just become like a household name a spoken word artist you have any advice for them um I would say you know cultivate your art and and practice it and craft it before you want to be a professional at it I think especially in the spoken word community a lot of people think that you know they write a few poems and they're a poet right uh, it's you know, versus, you know, the poetry in the community, there's kind of a, everybody thinks that they're, you know, when they're in that community, that they're all on the same level. Right. But there's no, there's no school to go to do poetry. There's no, you know, formal training. So right. people just have this whole, well, I do it, then I'm, I'm, I'm doing it kind of thing. Like where even musicians, you go and you can be formally trained as a musician. And, you know, people respect the fact that if I've been a musician for two years, I'm not going to be the same as a musician who's been doing it for 10 years. But with poetry, they don't really have that same uh, respect level. Right. So I always, you know, caution people to make sure they know the craft and are really, really good at what they do before they make that leap into being professionals. Because there are a lot of poets out here who are doing it professionally, but aren't professional. Right. Uh, in terms of writing, I think a lot of people attempt to write higher than themselves mm-hmm. and leave their best self behind. So a lot of times people try to do this super clever wordplay mm-hmm. instead of just being vulnerable. Because at the end of the day, that's what it is is how vulnerable were you how much of yourself that you didn't want anybody to see that you show because that's what people really look for in a poem is is the validation of the darkness or or the 
good sense of self that people, other people have. That's what food poetry is. It's validating an experience and sharing experience via words. So I always tell people, like, people want to concentrate on wordplay and how to be clever. And I think for me, those things come easily, so maybe I'm, I'm not as fussed about them. Right. But I know that what people really feel when they hear my writing is the opportunity to have somebody understand where they're coming from and the vulnerability that's involved with me giving that and myself is what the audience feels right oh wow okay well um thank you and um is there any is there a way um how could the listeners find you on social media or anything you know, if they could follow you and keep up with your latest work. My Instagram is Kyla J. Lacey, K-Y-L-A, like Kyle with an A, J, the letter, Lacey, L-A-C-E-Y. And that's also my Twitter. And then my Facebook page is Kyla Janae, K-Y-L-A, J-E-N-E-E, like Renee with a J. Lacey, L-A-C-E-Y. Oh, okay, okay. All right, I ask everybody, every artist, this. Um, before you leave, um, would you like to recite a small poem or anything for the listeners to hear? Uh, of your choosing. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Um, there's only but one truth. One plus one will always equal two, and remembering that math is never really my strong suit, I'm wondering what is the equation that will get me back together with you. So if one plus one equals two, now I divide that by one and work the whole, but I kind of feel one too. So we split by another divide as two of one are by each other's side, and our love is in a new transition. So two over one become a transposition that path. Half of what we used to be. Fighting out incessantly, and I'm so troubled by the math, and I'm trying to make this right looking for some sort of sign, a cosign, but I'm going off into a tangent. There's a test coming up soon, and I don't think we can withstand it, and if we briefly change subjects to our history, statistically, it is proven that we will feel miserable. Now, I've never really been good at topology, so if I'm wrong, please correct me, but I resume to be warped like the Mobius strip indefinitely. No beginning or ending in sight, just fighting to an infinity. Einstein said, don't worry about your difficulties in math. I assure you mine are greater. But trying to solve our problems like figuring calculus with no calculator and seeing that we made a most difficult problem to solve for later what once was less than now has a sign of becoming greater. It's even Pythagoras can help us solve them because if I'm A and you're B, we still can't see the square root of our problems. And I'm trying to solve them looking for some sort of right angle, 90 degrees. Can we go back to 180, please? But no, we always do 360. And I'm troubled by the circle of events because the same things we seem to circumvent never solve the problem completely, only letting it grow exponentially. Now, what were we? One half is 0.5, that's a percent of 50. Just 50%. Both of us wanting it, but neither of us giving it. And now that you're gone, 50% times nothing is zero. And if we could just exchange our chromosomes and replace with binomials, you and I could become X and Y. But even your absence, I'm wondering what comes next. Looking at this, it can't be right because I'm still problem solving. 
for next. Wow. Lovely, lovely, lovely. I love it. I love it. I love it. Everybody, Kyla Lacey, make sure y'all follow her on social media and keep up with her latest and greatest. Kyla Lacey, y'all, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. You're welcome.